Yes, sir. We are back. This is a three-man breakdown. It's your boy, Raj Dollar. I'm here with my two guys, like always, my boy, Jane Kimball. Yes, and today, we got a little special thing yeah. for y'all. You know, we started off this podcast doing a mock drive, and we bringing that back this year. This is our mock drive 1.0, and we're going to do that on a little bit later on in the show. But first things first, y'all want to start off NBA news or college? We don't really have that much NBA news, right? Yeah. Yeah, so uh, we can get NBA out of the way early type shit. All right. So, NBA, the biggest news, that biggest thing that probably happened this past week is Stephen Curry breaking a record. Oh, yeah. The most three-point, most three-pointers <laughs> course, in NBA garden. history at the Garden, where basically, <laughs> basically where he made his name for himself and basically yeah. showed the league where that he arrived and he was that nigga. And it was just fitting that he broke the record at the Garden. Like, this past couple of weeks, everybody was like, uh, damn, who did they play last week when that nigga was like just pulling and trying to like break the record? I think it was like it was some trash team. I think it was like the Magic or some shit. Then also other games that he played was like the Pacers. I think that was a game before the Knicks, but it was just it was just fitting that he broke the game. Almost broke the record, yeah. Garden, to be honest, I was hoping it was gonna be at the Garden. But I was like, damn, this nigga might fuck around and just hit like eight threes in a game, <laughs> and threes, and then that nigga just breaks it. But yeah, that nigga man. was cool. Like, is there any like any uh, any doubt that this nigga is the greatest shooter of all time? Like, mm-hmm. I know uh, Ray yeah. Allen was uh, saying that you can still call me that, but like, Sorry, if we keep it, I feel like, nah, I get what Ray Allen is saying. As a competitor, you like nigga. If I'm Ray Allen, I- I'll probably be saying nigga, I'm the best shooter of all time too, nigga, because that's just like yeah, that's, that's what great players do. Like, great players, like you just have to have that delusion to you. I feel like that's what makes, like, a lot of players, like, great. Like, this nigga can't fuck with me or, like, I'm that nigga, too. <laughs> and, like, the thing that kind of makes Ray Allen's record, like, impressive is, like, the era that he played in. Because it's not even like he got, yeah. like, the volume of shots yeah. that Steph Curry was able to get. And it just wasn't – like, the league was just not the same the way it is now. Like, And the era that he did in, like, the early 2000s when it was basically right. like, getting into the rim mostly, mostly and taking, like, mid-range shots, Ray Allen was just – he was special at that, but like Curry really just took that shit to the next level. Yeah. And beyond the next level. Yeah. Because I, I feel like the thing that really, like, just like how we always say, like, that it solidifies him being like the goal shooter is like his off the dribble shooting is like the great, like, they don't have that, like, in terms of like shooting off the dribble, or, like, shooting like, off balance type shots. Like, yeah. I feel like Curry already has and the range too. Okay, so. Yeah, like he you literally have to guard that nigga when he touches like half court. <laughs> like the, the attention that nigga draws, like yeah. <laughs> RDC, bro. They put that one skit out. No, yeah, nah, that you sat down in the chat. That shit had me crying. <laughs> <laughs> they got that nigga straight from the bed, bro. That should have me crying, bro. But uh nah, um, like you said, it was fitting that he did it in the garden. And I have a question for y'all. Do you think we're gonna see that record be broken? Anytime? Yeah, I was just about to ask. Uh because like, Charles Barkley said like nah and shit, but I see niggas say like Trey Young because like the way he said his career started, no. like it wasn't the same. I, I, yeah, like I that. So I don't know. Do it either. I do yeah. it it's gonna I think probably in like 20 years from now, 25 years from now, that shit will be broke soon. Yeah. Cause we also gotta take into account that like there's probably so you could be like even great shooters, but like even Curry didn't like get the amount of attempts that he does, like when he started to break out. Yeah. So like so a nigga that could come into the league and just taking like probably hand like three threes a game and like just probably elevates that and becomes like a like a really good ass shooter. Cause like I think Harden might fuck around like he yeah, might he, have potential he, of being in a conversation like top three, like breaking the like like probably could break that. Reggie Miller or some shit. So huh? I think cause I saw something like he was like he's really he's on like soon to be breaking like uh 
I think Ray Allen should one of them niggas should. It might be Reggie Miller, but like I just feel like it would definitely be broken soon. Cause even when Ray Allen broke the record, niggas didn't think that that show was probably gonna be broken yeah, anytime yeah. or something. That's a fact. Yeah. And on top of that, to add what Kimball was saying before, like how Stephen Curry's making off like off balance shit, off the dribble. Yeah, the difficulty. Like, excuse me. Like off the dribble, just uh always trying to get open. The evolution of that shit in the next couple of years, kids are going to be shooting from even deeper, even more frequently. Yeah. Like that. So yeah, they're starting, they're starting younger and yeah, shit. Yeah, so yeah but it's going to be it's going to be crazy. So yeah, actually, it might be like feasible for somebody to break that shit like pretty soon. Yeah, but he still got a lot more threes to go for, for that, and he's gonna like get a lot more threes. Yeah, yeah, his career. Oh, yeah that's a thing. But, yeah, like Charles Barkley said, like, he, he still got years. like another thousand in him. Yeah, damn. <laughs> It might be hard to get to if he get another thousand off. I say like it won't be broken for like another like 15, 25 years. Oh yeah, that's how that's how I think the uh, range yeah, will be. Yeah, I was about to say because the way that nigga shooting and the amount of volume, like he got the green green. Beam, yeah, right? the old that nigga can shoot from as soon as he gets the ball on the inbounds type shit. The niggas would not care. So it's gonna take a while for another player to get that type of freedom one. And then the evolution depended on how the players are playing in the next 10, 20 years. So it, I do, I do think it's breakable, though. Yeah. All right. I got one question for y'all. Game on the line. Uh-huh. Y'all taking Steph Curry or Ray Allen for three? Steph Curry. I'm sorry. I mean, and I know that Steph is going to draw a lot of attention. <laughs> but at the same time, Ray Allen can't create. I mean, not that he can't create his own shot, but Steph can get the ball and take a couple of dribbles, cross a nigga over, and get a shot off if he needs to. Uh, I'll take Ray Allen. Just Ray Allen do that. I'm going Ray Allen, bro. Yeah, I'm going to take Ray Allen. I don't think you know about Ray Allen <laughs> the way you just talked. That <laughs> nigga's like fucking clutch. Just, just think about what yeah. fucking Ray Allen did in the 2013 yeah, nah, finals. And he had like most like, time just yeah. like and like in crunch time, Ray Allen knocked down that shot. Like even though he probably doesn't have that able to get like the separation, but coming off the screens, that nigga he up there with the best of them. Like yeah. I think I might, I think I might trust Ray Allen. Even though Curry, I think he's a better shooter, but and it also depends on what situation it is. Is it side inbounds? Like, is it shit? Like, anything down by three, side inbounds. Anything. Oh, I'm taking Curry. I'm sorry. I'll t- I'm taking Curry. Side inbounds. Down yeah, I'll take Curry. You want to all five picks and get him open? It's over. <laughs> Ain't really no wrong answer. They two the greatest shooters. Yeah, that is a fact. <laughs> you can't go wrong with the way the yards. Yeah, actually, I know what I want. Eagle Doc. Nigga said, Fate of the Universe on the line. I want Eagle Doc. <laughs> like, bro, how can you let that shit die? That's how you know. Yo. You need to get me started with them niggas. Nigga said, Eagle Dollar. Nigga said, How can I get people talking? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Literally, because I know you don't believe that shit. Himself. Yeah, he don't. He was smiling and everything. <laughs> that I think was the ugly man. <laughs> nah, I remember watching that shit like five times in a row. And looking at the fans in the back when he said that shit, bro, their reaction was dumb funny, bro. Yeah. <laughs> I think I'm back to normal when he said that shit. Uh, uh, other news, they said Kyrie is possibly coming back soon, and the Nets have kind of opened up uh, the possibility of him like being able to at least play on a role because he's probably not going to get the vaccine, vaccine yet. And it looks like the Nets really need him because they had a lot of players going to like protocol recently. Oh yeah, and yeah, just last night they only played with eight players. Bro, within like this past week, nigga, COVID's doing COVID's doing well numbers, bro. What numbers? <laughs> yeah, that shit is going crazy. Like, 
teams are getting affected. Like the Bulls game had to get postponed. I think two of the games got postponed. postponed. And it's just like all around the league. Yeah, this is all around the league where this shit is happening. That shit is crazy. You know what it all started with, too? What? That false uh, LeBron positive. Ever since then, COVID been going crazy. I, ain't I think it's because after – I think it started, it started going crazy after Thanksgiving. Mm. And that's possibly, like, linked to, like, everybody being with their families and all that. So, yeah. like, you can't really, like, monitor everything that's going on and shit. And to take it a step further, they just found the first case of like the newest variant, like the Omicron, the Omarion variant. How did you get any names? I don't know. (laughs) I always ask that shit about diseases and uh, hurricanes. Like, who the fuck be naming hurricanes? (laughs) That ass. There was a Spanish ass name for hurricanes. You said Hurricane Chris. (laughs) 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 You tell a nigga about Hurricane Sandy, like, that shit don't even sound like. Who named that shit Sandy? Yeah, like, what right, the like, fuck? Yeah, Katrina. Like, destruct, like, destruction, like, based, but you look at the pictures and shit, you're like, damn. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, that COVID shit going crazy. Yeah, and hopefully and everybody Nets, stays healthy. The Nets need Kyrie. That is a fact. I, I already used, like, open to taking, like, a plant-based vaccine or something. Oh, yeah, like there was, like, a vegan vaccine. Yeah. Like, a vegan, uh... Does that mean they're using animals? That is real? Uh, that the vegan shit is real, but I honestly don't know. What? <laughs> I thought it was a fake article. <laughs> yeah, it might be fake because you know they always like they always start putting shit out. And then he earlier this week he had posted a, a video of him putting on basketball shoes yeah. and some shit. So I miss him playing nigga. basketball. I do too. Yeah, I just see that nigga handle. So and I know y'all gonna sound crazy. crazy, or y'all y'all gonna say I sound crazy, but I was watching that Alabama game today, and I was like, damn, bro, like. Just watching the way JQ move, I was like, damn, I just wish Kyrie was back. Because this nigga, like, he like the closest thing to Kyrie at this point. But yeah, as like a shifty, like, type guard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just like the creativeness and craftiness. I was yeah. like, damn, bro. I, I just miss Kyrie. It's just something about Jersey. Like, you feel me? Yeah, yeah. that late pack is crazy. It's really tough, bro. Uh, also, another thing, all the, well, mostly about 94% of the league is now eligible for trade. The recently signed players are eligible to be traded December 15th. Uh, is that date so now it's possibly opens up like a lot of more trade possibilities and players are able to get traded so hopefully soon we'll start to see more moves happen and y'all got any talks anything y'all want to say about that well i have a question for you i saw this twitter thread about how um buddy hill is going to be y'all savior if y'all can get him do y'all think that is possible in a trade situation or what saving us Uh, or not to save you but no, I wasn't basing it off that conversation, but just the Buddy Hill conversation alone. Do you think that's something that could actually happen, or is it just like a, a bunch of niggas talking on Twitter like usual? It could happen. I think it'll have to be like THT and uh, Kendrick Nunn. And that's basically like, if the Lakers are training for anybody, THT is going to have to be included just based on salary cap reasons because yeah. we have everybody else, like Westbrook, Anthony Davis, LeBron, just making max money. And then other than that, it's THT making like 10 mil a year. Uh, Kendrick Dunn signed for the mid-level exception, so that's around, like, 5 mil. And then, basically, the rest of our team is, like, uh, veteran minimum. So, they're making, like, 2 mil a year, so you're not – you can't really do anything with that. Mm-hmm. So, it'll have to be THT, and I'm open to doing that, to be honest. Like, I know Buddy Hill, he's having, like, a down season this year, but if he if he well, comes to the Lakers, I feel like it just opens up even more for him. Yeah. 
now you have players that could get downhill, like such as like Westbrook and like uh, LeBron, and just find him easy easier shots than what he's getting on the Kings now. Yeah. And we know what Buddy Hill is capable of. I think he has like the most threes in like the past couple of years. I've not named Stephen Curry. And from even back from like like I told you, like college, like he liked the bright lights and shit like that, like playing in the big moments. Yeah, and I think like I think people just see Buddy Hill as like just like a spot up shooter, but if you watch him play, like he could put the ball in the basket, yeah. like he could yeah. create a shot like the, like separation a little bit, like he could hit you with like the pump fake, pump fake, and like, get step you back. Jumping, like yeah, like a little step back or two dribbles and like pull up, so he could get like his own shot a little bit, and just like seeing what Wayne Ellington does to the team, Buddy Hill could just be even more like a way better Wayne Ellington. Yeah. Yeah, that's the only question I had as far as trade go because I don't know. I keep seeing that. And then even today I saw another Buddy Hill trade thing. I saw him on like a, a Lakers jersey. Like they did one of those graphics. And I was like, oh. They said that I they're trying to package him and uh, Marvin Bagley again in the trade. Would you be open to getting Mar- uh, Marvin Bagley? Because uh, what do you want to No, we can't. We can't. It, I only have to be for Buddy Hill because we weren't be able oh, to match that. Like a, a three-team? Because Buddy Hill makes – Buddy Hill makes twenty one million, and Marvin Bagley makes like eleven million. So there's mm. no possible way to get both of them, yeah. unless we get a Westbrook. You know, <laughs> it's like no. I see something about that too. I saw uh, Trey talks about Westbrook. Yeah, there was a report that came out. Uh, damn, let me see if I can find it. It was like uh, the Lakers weren't really happy. Well, they're not like they expected more out of like the recent play, like the fit with like Russ Westbrook and LeBron mm. and AD and all that shit. But like just being open, it was like open to trading him. But you also have to look at the facts. Like who wants him? Like someone making forty four million a year, like max money is hard to like trade that contract. Facts, very hard. And he's like a particular type player. Like, yeah. All right, I got it right now. It says the trio: LeBron James, Anthony Davis, and Russell Westbrook simply hasn't blended as well. The Lakers figured hope, and the Lakers have held internal discussions on trade scenarios for Russell Westbrook. League sources told Bleacher Report, but moving Westbrook. And the two years and ninety-one million remaining on his contract does seem unlikely. I'm not gonna lie, it seems very unlikely. <laughs> and then I'm looking at one shit. It says Kevin Love and Ricky Rubio salaries will match uh Westbrook's pricey deal, but it's also the same part. Why the fuck would the Cavs do that? They have Darius Garland and mm-hmm. shit. Yeah, or cool. like uh John Wall, but like if you get John Wall, it's just basically like the same. Like the same stuff that apply to John Wall taking away like creation stuff from Jalen Green and Kevin Porter Jr. apply to Westbrook or even like Ben Simmons. Like I don't know if the Sixers even like believe Westbrook is a missing player for them being a championship, and you still got to pay that nigga for like the next two years. So all in all, that nigga Westbrook, Westbrook is not going anywhere. Yeah, I agree. That nigga's not going anywhere. <laughs> Uh, uh, I had like a couple, of, like a, a couple of trade things, but I think I could save that for next week. We could talk more about tra- uh, possible trades. But yeah, so we'll probably be getting more headlines. Right right. Week too. Yeah, and Kimball, you said you want to talk about the Dennis Smith situation before we move on from NBA. Uh, yeah, so it said a news has come out that. Idea. so it said a news has come out that because Rick Carlisle didn't want to draft Dennis Smith Jr. He then went out of his way to make him miserable and split any friendship he had with Luca. And the purpose was this from Tim McMahon. It says that uh, Rick Carlisle accused Dennis Smith Jr. of being jealous of Luca Doncic in front of the whole team. Uh, Rick Carlisle wanted the maps to draft Donovan Mitchell. Players believe Rick made Dennis Smith miserable on purpose. Uh, the team found it unfair towards Dennis, 
him and Luca had become fast friends after Doncic was drafted. And then Dennis Smith was like, this article about my time there is spot on. That's coming from the staff members and players. Y'all don't even know the half. So like, that's just like, damn. That's crazy, man. And that really impacts a player's career. Career, yeah. Like, early on, like, that could, like, really, like, fucking throw him up. And that's Especially very like, early on, too. Like, that's what, what yeah. was that, year two? In, in second, year? Yeah, year yeah, two. Year. Second year. Yeah, so that's just ridiculous, man. And it, yeah, he had, like, a solid first year, too. Like, it was looking promising, like, so, yeah. And I was, I just, I think we talked about like, this, like, last year. Like, we was, like, Luka just going to the Magic, I know, Mavericks just basically yeah. messed up Dennis Smith's whole career. Yep, we did, we did, we did. But, like, that whole, like, Rick Carlisle shit, that, that shit is corny to me. And it just goes to show, like, What's it called? Situation is everything. Like, it's just one little instance, one little, like, bad situation could just fuck up, like, your whole career and, like, things could, like, like go downhill from there. And then he also went to the Knicks. And then now, like, the Knicks were, like, a good organization at the time. Like, they're, like, decent now. But, like, even when he went to the Knicks, it just wasn't good for, like, a good environment for him. And that whole Maverick shit is talking about, like, uh, Rick Carlisle saying that he's jealous in front of his teammates and all that shit. Like, yeah, like that's weirdo activity. You shoot his confidence down, like yeah, and barely like, friends. What the hell does he have guard, to be like, jealous about? Yeah, like what is he like? Oh, niggas is weird. Nigga, like Donovan Mitchell that bad? <laughs> like, yeah, like, even you, if we keep it in a bean, if he were to even get Donovan Mitchell, they wouldn't be in a position to get Luka Doncic the next year. So it would just be a completely different situation. So what is he even bitching about? Yeah, no, nah, that's honestly spot on too. Like, what is he yeah, talking about? Niggas weird. But I don't know. That just sounds like he just comes off so corny in that situation. Yeah. It just like I don't know. I feel bad for Dennis Smith because he he was one of my favorite prospects that year. Like, he had like a lot of Facts. problems. I still talk about to this day, like that NC State Duke game. That nigga really showed the fuck right. out. And, like he balled. And like he had like a couple like flashes of like good play. He wasn't efficient his first year, but another person that wasn't as efficient in that same draft class was De'Aaron Fox in his first year. But they still stuck it out with them, and they rolled with them. And De'Aaron Fox is like a good-ass player. So, <clears throat> I don't know. It was just tough, like, where Dennis Smith's career is kind of gone right now. Yeah, and it just goes to show you how much a, a coach has an impact. Because, like, I know the player goes out there and he controls how he plays. But when you got, like, I guarantee you he didn't really have that long of a leash while he was in uh, Dallas. So he wasn't able to experiment, really. And he's probably, like, whatever mistakes he was making, uh, Rick was probably holding it against him. So it was like, you can't even really grow as a player because, like, you got somebody on your back 24-7. Yeah, like, basketball, confidence is everything. Mm -hmm. If you don't have no confidence, like, you cook. Like, you could tell when a player's not playing, like, confidence and, like, freely and shit and, like, I don't know. Like what Dennis Smith is, he'll need to have like someone that's confident and freely and just let him rock and let him play. Yeah. Like, he has like the all the fucking physical attributes and, and the talent in the world. But like it just seemed like Rick Carlisle just shot his confidence and just like the emergence of Luka Doncic, like when he first came in and everything that just fucked everything up. And then that party fucked him up when he got traded too. because being traded is like I know it's just like we don't really, like, think about it from, like, the player's perspective, but that could just fuck you up in the head, and now you just got to get up and move, and, like, now you're in a different situation yeah. and shit, and now you're like, oh, damn, these niggas don't believe in me, and they don't yep. want me, and all this shit. And to keep it a being, he's still not even really acclimated to the league yet because he hasn't yet to play anywhere where he's, like, really been wanted. He's just been either traded there or drafted and not even really wanted. So I, that whole situation just really, it kind of pisses me off. Yeah, like, nah. It takes real. the power out of the player's hands, and, like, that's really where it's supposed to be. 
Like, as a coach, you're supposed to make the best out of it and bring the best out of your players, not... Uh, yeah, fuck that nigga, Rick Carlisle. <laughs> yeah, nah, bro. facts. Yeah, like, that's how they, that the, the headlines and the rumors start. It's like early shit like that. And it, oh, man, don't even get me started. That shit yeah, just really just, pisses uh, me off. Yeah. All right, let's move on to some college stuff. It was an eventful week for college basketball. Let's start off with Rutgers upsets number one Purdue for one week. Ron Harper, led by Ron Harper Jr., yeah. 30 points, 10 rebounds, and he had a game winner. I was really talking about this last week. I'm like, yo, I, I'm thinking about going to that game, but after I was like, nah, nah, nah. I was like, nah, I'm not going to go. It's probably about to get <laughs> Nigga made up. the wrong late time decision. Oh, <laughs> Bro, I was watching on TV. I'm like, yo, this game is jumping. Like, I should have went. Nigga really hit the game winner. That was a great game, though, overall. Like, I was watching, like, the first half. I was like, yo, Rutgers is, like, they hanging with them. So, like, I I thought there was, like, a possibility. I'm like, yo, if they hang around long enough, they could possibly pull this away. Mm-hmm. And then there was also showing, like, during the broadcast how, like, Rutgers uh, beat them, like, the past two times and shit. I'm like, yeah, they, they definitely got a chance. And uh, number one, Purdue, just this is the first time being number one at the time. And they know, now they know, like, how it feels. Because if you're number one, it don't matter where you go and play. Like, you're going to get the best shot the from best every game, team. Yep. Like, you got a target on your back when you're number one. Right. Hope they enjoyed that. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say. Them niggas was number one for the first them time in school history for like three Monday days. Monday morning when they was number one. <laughs> that niggas lose. Hey, they yo. first game number one. Tough. Yeah, yeah. And then another upset that took place. You know, Jersey was just putting on that night. Uh, Seton Hall upset Texas, and overall, Kevin Willard, uh, Seton Hall's coach, he's been doing like a phenomenal job, just like building a program oh, up recently. Like, um, just damn, oh my god, Miles Powell, I forgot his name for a second, like, he was like one of the best players in the nation at one point, and also Sandro getting drafted to the league. Like, when's the last time a Seton Hall player got to the league, and like, they just had like a really good team over the past couple of years, and I like what they're doing out there. You know, we need we need some good teams in Jersey. So I'm not gonna lie, I thought it was gonna be a down year for Seton Hall. I was I talking to my boy uh Tiernan and he go there, he like he one of them niggas who die hard, bleed blue, that that type of bullshit. And he was saying he was like, Don't sleep on us, like we're gonna be nice this year. And I was like, Yeah, I like it's not gonna be like y'all don't have uh Mamu, y'all don't have uh fucking Miles, it's not gonna be like that this year. Yeah, and they really surprised me. Like the transfers that they got is really kicking ass. Um What's his name? Uh, damn. Darry Richmond? Huh? Darry Richmond? Yes. Yeah. Him and then uh, what's the other dude's name? The, the light skin guard. Bryce Aiken? The other one. The uh, I forgot his name. Not Bryce Aiken. I know Bryce Aiken. I can't even tell you right I now. I forgot his name. But he was going <laughs> on. And like within like the last two weeks, would they beat three ranked teams or two ranked teams? Yeah, it might be three. Yeah, two I think it three. is three. Because they beat Michigan too. Wow, yeah. Yeah, they've so, been hooping. Yeah, they are really hooping. And one thing on the Texas side, uh, Marcus Carr been struggling. Like, I was just oh, yeah, really, all uh, the part. really good for like Texas. And I was looking at his, I went and looked at the stats. He went from averaging 19 points last year at Minnesota. So now he's averaging nine points. Ooh. And his career Ooh. averages are basically like all low across the board. Like his free throw shooting, uh, all his percentages, assists, and everything. And they're gonna need him. Like they're really gonna need him to pick up his play if they wanted to be in the Final Four contention and all that. And like they just don't have a lack of big men that they had. They have a lack of big men from like the past couple of years. That you got the stats up in front of you right now. Uh, of that game. Yeah, I could pull it up. 
How did Devin ask you, dude? I haven't even looked into oh, I didn't yeah, yeah, he was barely. Yeah, he, he was. He had like one. No, he had like a couple over there. But I, I seen somebody posting about him. Like, he had like, I think like one point or like two points or like one assist or something like that. Damn, it makes me sad to see some of my favorite high school players falling off like that. And I don't want to say yeah, anything. I feel like all they are is smoky like all that. Yeah, yeah, overall, they're struggling. Andrew Jones is still there, and he's not really, really doing anything. Damn. I don't know what's going on over there. I think that's their – they got smacked in that game against Gonzaga. That was supposed to be a good game, too. So, right, let me search it out on my phone because that's probably going to be faster. What's up? I think it's like – Over there. Or – I didn't even ask you. Yeah, a lot of expectations coming into the season because I thought this was about yeah. – I remember we were talking they about it. They picked like, up Chris like, Beard as a coach and shit. So, yep. yeah. Picked up Chris Beard. I was like, damn. And now they got um a lot of guards. We know Texas for being big man heavy. So, I was like, oh, they're going with scoring this year. So, they're probably going to be really good on offense. It's not the case. I got uh, Devin Nash. He only played six minutes that game. Oh, okay. Uh, so far, he is. Oh, my God. Played nine games so far. Played 15 minutes each, uh, per game. Man. He's oh, averaging okay. two points. Hey, yo. One rebound and 1.8 assists on 33% shooting, 23 Man. from three, and 75 from the free throw line. Sheesh. Tough. All right. Uh, moving on. Another game that happened. A good-ass game on Saturday night. Arizona beat uh, Illinois on the road. And Benedict Matherin was uh, a... Yeah. Was the star of the game? Yeah, he's ooh, he, that nigga's tough. Nigga he has thirty tough. points that game, and overall Arizona, like they've probably been like one of the surprise teams because I didn't yeah, think they was really yeah. about to like really be on shit, mm-hmm. and they wasn't that. I don't think they was ranked coming into the season, and they're looking like a team that could potentially be a Final Four caliber. They have uh, Benedict Mathern as their best player, Dalen Terry. Uh, oh my God. That nigga nice. Yeah. I don't know how to say his last name. It's like a Zulo. Ter- I'm not saying. Oh, he, he a big man. He like a son yeah, the white big man. Yeah, and then you also got Christian Kobok. I'm not to say that. Name. Oh yeah, he's yeah. I, I know he's talking about. He's he son too. Damn, Arizona always got niggas I don't I don't know how to pronounce names. They got hella international <laughs> players, but they got a good ass team and a potential Final Four caliber, and they might be the yeah. best team in the Pac-12 this year. Like honestly, like so far they definitely look better than UCLA this season. And I'm gonna be interested to see that game when that happens in yeah. conference play. Yeah, big backcourt. Yeah, I think both. Yeah, both like six seven. And this is uh Tommy Lloyd's new coach, uh, first year coaching. I think first he might have coached last year, but it's like his first like real year coaching. So, shout out to him and Arizona for being good. Hopefully, they turn things around and the program go, starts to go back up. Yeah, ever since that bullshit with uh. What's his name? Sean Miller. Yeah. <laughs> they been looking bad. Yeah. Uh, all right. Another thing that happened Saturday night. Saturday night was just great basketball, college basketball overall. Notre Dame upset it. Kentucky after <laughs> go ahead with 12 seconds left. Oh, yeah. It's been a bad week in the SEC. We got to talk about that. <laughs> oh, yeah. SEC looking like little boys. I ain't going to hold you. <laughs> yeah, it has been a bad yeah. week for the SEC. But Kentucky goes down to Notre Dame. And, Kimball, let's have the discussion, dog. <laughs> How do you feel about this Kentucky squad this year? Uh, I, mean, I still fuck with the team. I think I still think it's a good team. For me, I'm more concerned though. Like I know that I can get it done in the regular season, and like y'all gonna be playing like 
of course, y'all play top teams. And y'all actually have been having like a your the front loaded y'all schedule was pretty loaded, but nah, that was highs for real. <laughs> after y'all, after they played, uh, who they play after Duke, you're right, you're right. Uh, yeah, <laughs> the best team they played was Ohio. Damn, really? Yes. Oh yeah. Other than the Notre Dame game, and Notre Dame hasn't been good until they that's their best win. Notre yeah. Dame. Yikes. Yeah, I don't know, man. What do you think the problem is, Kimball? Because I don't think y'all like it. I know what the problem is, but I want to hear Kimball talk. What do you think is a problem? Uh I think we need like another like score. Like I think another score could be used like and it's like if damn. So that's not gonna happen this season. That's what you're telling me. If y'all need another I score. Mean, Unless there's someone yeah. on the player that you're thinking that you need to needs to step up. Yeah, I mean I think uh Nigga Dante Allen, like he just he need to be consistent. Kind of need to be consistent. Damn. <laughs> if y'all relying on like, Dante yeah. Allen to be that score to take his game, no, 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 he not he not. The, no, I'm saying like he just need to like just be more consistent. Like, and I'm saying like Kellen Grady, he like he need to take more shots. If you take more shots, that would be way more beneficial. I don't know how many shots he's taking. I'm looking, uh, but to me, like. This Kentucky team, uh, it's I'm not a fan of it. Like overall, like it's not the Kentucky team, like the like the good Kentucky teams of the past couple of years, like even like the PJ Washington year, the De'Aaron Fox year, or even like Jamal Murray's year. You don't y'all don't have like the top end talent like y'all usually do. And to me, I just feel like Coach Cow is an overrated like basketball coach. Talk about it. Nigga. I don't think it's to me. I don't think it's spicy at all. He's a great recruiter. Don't get me wrong, mm-hmm. but like as a basketball coach, when it comes down to it, on the court and the X's and O's and all that shit, and getting players yeah, to look, yeah, look yeah. good and everything, because we've seen like a lot of players when they leave Kentucky show way more than they did. And yeah, I feel like that's that's yeah. like the one thing that like because a lot of K- Kentucky fans, some Kentucky fans, really be delusional, think he better than uh, Coach K. But if you really think about <laughs> Coach K. That nigga makes he gets the best out of his players, cause it don't. It sometimes it doesn't translate in the league when it comes to Duke players. But when that nigga when they are at Duke, they look their best, and that's why we get like some like the top picks and niggas looking like as good as they do. And like just overall, like the team, it just doesn't seem like Co- Coach Cal is like good at making like on court adjustments and like the offense and everything. It's just like oh dribble drive and all this shit. But overall, like y'all don't have like the team just. It's just not it's just not there. Like y'all don't have the top end talents like the John Walls and like the top freshmen like y'all usually do to carry the load. Yeah. Tata Washington is y'all best freshman. And no disrespect to Tata Washington. Y'all not going far if he's y'all best uh freshman. And Oscar Shebe, that nigga's been a fucking monster this season. <laughs> but like other than that, like y'all don't have like the Kentucky players that y'all usually do. Like mm-hmm. I told you Damian yeah. Mintz is fucking garbage. Like <laughs> keep it a bucket. <laughs> Like where he he went to Creighton before he was barely getting yeah. burned at Creighton. So now this nigga is at Kentucky, and this nigga is supposed to be him or something. Like he's supposed to be the one contributing. Keon Brooks, like he just shoot mid range shots, and like he he cool, but like he's really like a role player to me. Like if y'all relying on Keon Brooks to be one of y'all best guys on your team, I don't think y'all gonna go far. And Severe Willer, he can't shoot. His best game, his best shooting game was against Duke. And, like, overall, niggas don't respect that shit. They still got to let him shoot. Let him <laughs> yeah, they, they definitely let him shoot. He with us. That's what the motto is. They could, Severe Will is going to have to beat teams. And they're just packing the paint on them. And now that just, what's it called? 
it just fucks up your offense because that nigga has a ball in most for the most part of the offense. It's not even like he shares like ball handling duties when him and Tata's on the court. When he's in the game, he has a ball a lot. Yeah. And Kellen Grady, like maybe he y'all could do some ways to get him more involved in the offense, but like I'm like just what I'm seeing, this Kentucky team is not it's it, it's like sweet sixteen to me. I could definitely see that. Yeah, I mean, like, I, I don't. Yeah, that could happen. Like when I look at top teams in the nation, I don't think I don't consider Kentucky to be that. And who else y'all got? Jacob Toppin? What the like? What? <laughs> hey, yo. Lance Ware, bro. Come on, y'all really had him playing against Duke. Like yeah, I, that's what I knew. Y'all niggas that's not on. Crazy. That is very crazy. Damian Collins, he has potential, but like he's just. And Lance Ware had like 15 minutes that game. Yeah, that nigga was uh, playing a lot. <laughs> Shout out to him. That nigga was wearing a, a Duke jersey in disguise, low key. <laughs> hey, yo, nigga had a Duke jersey on to that shit. That's funny. <laughs> but just like overall, uh, this 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 just doesn't look like a good team to me. It seems like Coach Cal is kind of getting like a little bit exposed, and I feel like you kind of like. Talked about like every year, it's like, oh, Coach Cal's not uh, using this player, right? And I feel like it happens every year that you say that. Yeah, that is true. And there's like, and there's definitely been like, even like, um, like I remember Jay was talking about that in Booker. Like, even that year, like, he would come out and be like, oh, uh, he I probably should have used, uh, like, Kyle Lewis and, uh, like, Devin Booker in, like, one of them games, like, to start instead of, like, the Twins or whatever. Shit like, that. like, like, he would come out and say shit like, oh, he could have done this and that. Like, so, like, I could see what you're saying, like, him, like, being, like, his X's and O's, like, on the court in, like, big moments. Yeah. He, like, a good recruiter, but, like. Yeah. I'm not saying that nigga's an ass coach, but he's, he's not. He's not like, the same predicament as, like, Penny, but. I don't even think, like, when I look at, like, top-level NBA, uh, college coaches, like, he's not better than Jay Wright. He's not better than Coach K. I don't think. He's not better than Nate Oates right now. He's not better than Scott Drew at Baylor. And it's probably other like he's not like oh yeah, but he's not there anymore. Like Bill Self is probably a better on court coach than that nigga. But I just feel like speaking of we can talk about yeah, I just feel like this Kansas this Kentucky team just don't move me at all. Like Ty Ty Washington is probably gonna be like a a lottery pick or outside of the lottery, but that nigga is supposed to be the guy that's Kentucky's riding on to carry the team or, like, lead the team. Y'all not going far. Well, I can see that. Is there anyone else I'm forgetting on this Kentucky team? Y'all better do whatever y'all can to get Shane and Sharp to play fucking when he comes the end of January. Y'all better try and whatever, <laughs> whatever rule y'all could try and violate to get that nigga. To play. Hey, yo, that's funny. That was just my little Kentucky ramble. We got more teams to talk about. Uh, Alabama sneaks. Oh, that was no. This was probably the best game I watched in out of like this whole week. Alabama versus Houston. Uh, they sneak oh, out the victory yeah. after a controversial no call, and uh, JD Davis ended up having like a putback like thirty five seconds left, and or like thirty seconds. I don't remember something like that. And then uh, Houston had a chance to win the game. It was down by one. They missed the shot. They tried tipping it, and J.D. Davidson uh, swatted it. But it, the shot wasn't really going to go in. 
But goaltending, it doesn't matter if a shot is going to go in or not. If it's if the ball's above the cylinder and you hit yeah, it, that's a goaltending call. And yeah, like I think I think it should have been a call to goaltending, but it's that was like a tough call. So they couldn't review it since they didn't call it. So it was, the game was just over from there. But it was just a tough call to make. And that nigga, Kevin Sampson, uh, Houston's coach was going crazy and shit. And it was playing, yeah, yeah, picking yeah, down yeah. Uh, garbage cans. The, garbage and shit. Uh, the police, what's it called? One of the players was trying to go after the refs, <laughs> snapping all that nigga. The police was all like, <laughs> like pushing that nigga back and shit. But overall, like, that was just a great ass game. Alabama. They just show like how dangerous of a team they are, and they just have like so much great guard plays. JQ in that game had seventeen points, eight assists. Janis Shackelford had eighteen points and eight rebounds. That is gold. Uh, JD Davidson had ten points and eight rebounds, coming off the bench, and they just have like a good ass squad, Alabama. And Marcus Sasser on Houston, he's their best player. He ended up having twenty five in that game. He had a lot of big shots, and Houston. Uh, I think that they made the final four last year, lost against Baylor, and they still got a really good ass team. And they are a candidate to make it to the final four this year, too, or just have like a deep, uh, maybe elite eight run or something like that. But great game from there. Other side, uh, the new number one team that we got, Baylor, they locked up Villanova, held them to 37 points on 22 percent shooting, and that was the lowest in, in the Jay Wright era. Villanova. And Baylor, shit. The last time they lost a the game was against Kansas last year. Jeez. That's a deep. <laughs> I think they're like 35 and one in like their last like 36 games, something like that. They're the new number one team. After losing uh Mark Vidal, Davion Mitchell, Jared Butler, Macy OT, they basically just reloaded and got like a, still a good ass squad, great defensive team still. Uh with Matt Matthew Mayer, a lot of athletes. Oh, yeah, Matthew, Matthew Mayer, James Akinjo. Uh, I forgot about my nigga James Akinjo. Yeah. And uh, Kendall Brown is also there. So they're really a good-ass team. And they have potential to go back-to-back for the first time. Damn. Last team that went back-to-back, I think it was Florida in 06, right? Florida went back-to-back. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they did. Yeah, they did. yeah. They I think that was the last time a team went back-to-back. And yeah, Baylor, yeah, Corey Brewer. Baylor has a chance. Yeah, that nigga, Corey Brewer. What the fuck? <laughs> They go the lottery trick. What the fuck? They go kicking niggas' asses right? like that. <laughs> it was dumbass bloody. But Baylor, one of the best teams. Also, another thing that happened Sunday night: uh, Seen Hall versus Rutgers in the Garden State Classic, and Seen Hall after won that game out there. Both teams picking up uh, big top five, top ten wins. And Memphis picked up a much-needed win last night against Alabama yeah. after losing four in a row. And yeah, man. I want to give a shout-out to Memphis because I was I thought they was about to get smacked, to be so honest. Did I. <laughs> so did I. But, like, yeah, that one nigga was tough, though. Two. Well, to a couple of the niggas. Uh, I, I forgot. You know that little the little point guard they had? <laughs> he was getting, oh, like, yeah, those yeah, big like, shot those yeah. threes. Nigga say wiping his nose the whole Yeah, that nigga was wiping his nose after his three. That shit was dope. Funny. And, uh, Anders Nolly had like a pretty good game. I think. Yo, yeah, he's tough. That nigga number three. That nigga was and tough. Jalen Durant probably had probably one of his best games too. Yeah, like 14 and 7, I believe. Yeah, controlling the boards, getting a lot of dunks yeah. that game. And I think that was one of the main reasons why Memphis won. They played great defense. Hello, like, rebound. They forced a lot of like shot clock violations and just like a lot of tough shots for Alabama. 
And yeah, like you said, Kimball, the offensive rebounds. That's what really rebounds. killed. That's what killed Bama. Yeah, second half. That shit was crazy. I'm over here like I'll tell Kimball, I'm like, yo, they go lose. Like if they can't get a rebound, they go lose, bro. Yeah, because like Memphis, no Memphis will miss one shot and then they'll get the ball back. And then once you get an offense rebound, like you it's either most likely gonna be a fucking layup three or five. Mm-hmm. So just giving up extra possessions and shit, that's just a killer. Like rebounding, that's like what what Kawhi said, board man gets paid. Yeah. You, you don't if you don't rebound you don't win championships especially like I, I remember i was talking to you about it off uh off mic i was saying like it didn't even seem like they were like like overpowered on the boards it just seemed more of like an effort issue because there was times where the ball would touch the ground before another person touched it and then it would fall into a memphis player's hands instead of an alabama player just being more scrappy yeah so like that's that's something that they like if they want to win games, like of course they're gonna like slide by on. I mean, Gonzaga's not really a team you slide by on, but like they're gonna win hard fought games just based off of how high powered their offense is. But if you can't get boards, man, that's like those extra possessions are everything. Cause like you said, it leads to either a three, a foul, or a layup. So nine times out of ten, that's exactly what was happening. Like Jalen Durant, he'll get an offensive rebound, try to put it up, either somebody will foul him or he just Makes it so it's like it's hard to watch sometimes because like it just looked like they really didn't even give a fuck. Yeah. It was getting me tight when the ball was literally bouncing off the floor from a rebound, and then a Memphis player would still grab it. I think the yeah. big, I think the uh, main reason and main cause for that Memphis was they needed that one. They was desperate after losing yeah. four straight, and what's it called? If they want to make like the tournament, tournament and all that, they're gonna need like a a solid win. And that Bama game was a great win that they picked up on the, at home defending their home court, and the crowd got into it a lot. So they just got, like, the edge from there, and they they really needed that shit, and they played like they needed that win. Yeah, it was like picking up. Penny's eyes – my bad to cut you off, but hopefully this opens Penny's eyes and at least try, like, to make Imani play off the ball. I think that's their best chance of at least getting swing somewhere. He need to be off the ball. He can't be playing point guard. I think, I think he's on the bench. Yeah, no, nah, they they've been uh, he's been coming off the bench like probably like the past like two or three games. Yeah. And when they when they went on that but run, they saw him. Mates, yeah, he didn't play at all. He wasn't yeah. playing at all. Yeah. I don't think he played like the last thirteen minutes of the game. And that nigga Imani Bates, like his shot selection is just so erratic, like. And Kimball, I remember when you were watching the game because I didn't watch the game live. I watched it this morning. But when you were watching it, you were like, damn, this nigga keep getting his shit sent. Watching that shit yeah. back, almost every time he drove, it was a foul or it, he was or just he was on the floor, yeah. or glass or like, anything. I was like, damn, yo. It was. Yeah. I'm it was the physicality is not. Yeah. The physicality is definitely not there. Like, that's, 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 one, that's, that's one of the glaring things. Like him just going finishing like in traffic. And not like bodies in there. I remember in the beginning of the season when the measurables came out, people were like, the measurables don't matter. He's still a gamer, all that stuff. Yeah. But as you can see, them short arms yeah, like, getting him nothing at the basket. Yeah. And he don't got the uh, vertical order. Order, like the vertical. Yeah, like anything. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm looking a, at right now. Bag. It says Namani Bates is shooting 41% at the rim. God and damn. And over floaters. <laughs> and, yeah, it just goes to show you that, like, when people, like, when scouts, like, do be looking at, like, Vertical, vertical, and all that shit, and like wingspan matters a lot. Definitely too. matters. That off those alone, you can get drafted off your measurables alone. Yeah, not saying that like say if you don't have like the best uh, vertical and all that shit, like you still can't be good. But that shit just definitely like it matters a lot when mm-hmm. you're on the court. 
especially when you're playing against uh, freak athletes when you get to the league and all that shit, or, like, the next level, like, college basketball. Like, you're going to be dealing with length at the rim and, like, size and all that. Facts. And if so, you're not offering nothing on the skill-wise, then your measurables really do mean a lot. Like, if you're a raw player and you don't have good measurables, then you might as well just go to the G League or something, my nigga. Yeah. And... I hope Imani base Imani base figures everything out, and it's kind of good for him that he got two more years so he actually gets yeah, out. So he knows like after like this year what he needs to get get better at and all that. But I just feel like him playing point guard is just not a good idea. Yeah, that was dumb. And even remember uh, somebody over there to play guard. Yeah, that wasn't it. Cause remember, like uh, they were saying how like Penny was talking about um, like the senior players or like the older like the veterans was not like really like taking them under the wing like, and it wasn't really kind of like rocking with like money based like the freshmen like the way they feel, feel like they should have as like veteran leaders. But like, I kind of feel them because if you so, saw yeah. the shots that nigga be taking, bro, Yo. I'm fucking him up if that's my teammate <laughs> in the locker room. And not only that, it's like it's not like he's getting. Any words from the coach like, hey, don't maybe don't take this shot. Like he's being encouraged. Like I was talking to Reggie about this before, but um I saw Jalen Durang, you know, uh, Amani Bates went out for a layup, missed it completely, and then Jalen Durang got a uh an and one layup. And then uh Penny was just cheering on Amani and dabbed him up and like smacked him on the ass and shit. At least like give him some words, like, hey, instead of going in like that when you know you're gonna get your shit padded, like you yeah. been doing all game. I think he pull up for a floater, maybe you know that type of shit. I think he does get on words, but like you also got to think of account like as a coach, you got to make sure like you keep like what's it called in a Dennis Smith situation, like he you still confident and mm-hmm. like instill confidence in him. Yeah, I do agree with that. I do agree with that. And like, and from like Penny's perspective, he probably looks at it like you rather him like going to the lane and trying to finish rather mm-hmm. than him taking like a dumbass jump shot and not putting pressure on the rim at least because. When you put pressure on the rim, it does like open up the room for like Jalen Durant to get them putbacks like that. Because you got true. the help defender coming, and now you put in Jalen Durant in a position to get that rebound and finish. You know that's what that's what they call the Kobe assist. That's why the Kobe <laughs> assist. Get that shit out. Yeah. The, you gotta get the shot up. It might be a bad shot, but it might be a great position for your for your uh, teammate to get that rebound, like Andrew Bynum and Kobe used I and mean, uh, Powell used to do. Well, like you said. I think it is good that he's getting all like the the weaknesses in his game exposed now. He has another year before he gets drafted. So if he can build on whatever he's going through now and by next season show that he's actually put in the work and on top of that, he's getting better in things that he can actually affect like defense. Yeah. Because defensively, he watched – I remember this one play exactly – uh, the ball literally went across the entire court. He didn't move not once. And then as soon as the ball got to Jaden Shackelford for the, in the corner for the three, this nigga, it was like his feet was stuck in mud and he didn't move at all. And then as soon as Jaden Shackelford shot the ball, he uh, finally went and put up like some late defense. But at that point, it doesn't even really matter what you do because he already put the shot up and he wanted to make it like that. It didn't really affect him much, but still like that kind of got, got them on a run and something like that. So if he were to work on things like that, and then next year come back and show that he's actually put the work in, then I think he'll be in a good position. Yeah. And how do you guys feel, like, basically, like, everything that's going on right now? Like, do you think that he should stay another year at Memphis or, like, how we just talk about how you should go to the G League? Like, what do you think would be beneficial based on, like, what you've seen so far? Well, another year at Memphis. 
Yeah, I agree with that. And because imagine if he was in the G League, though, like with like stronger niggas. Yeah, exactly, exactly. If we see how he's struggling now, just imagine what them niggas would be playing through in the G League. Yeah, <laughs> it'll not be beautiful at all. <laughs> but what it, <laughs> but but like, would that be a better development, or you feel like it is better to just hone your skills where you are right now, whilst like playing out? Well, he's he has other like some good coaches, like well, from their resume, it seems. That's something like assistant coaches and things like that. And so you got like Penny, who seems like he's like a player person, so a people person more so. So hopefully, like it, it just hopefully, like you said, Reg, like this, like upcoming, like all season or whatever time they can get like the most practice and like he can just find it, find all his weaknesses, work on those, even come up, maybe come up with some new moves, things of that nature to score like inside because like you know his limitations with his like wingspan and shit could like hinder him from going to the basket. Nigga, maybe that's one of the reasons why. To fucking grow them <laughs> damn arms, nigga. <laughs> 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 And maybe shit, who knows? He's still 17, so nigga might have another, another fucking ghost person. Some shit. Who fucking knows? Yeah, I think he should probably come back another year at Memphis. Yeah. And also, mm-hmm. like, remember what's it called? It was like it was like last year when Scouts was like kind of going at that nigga and like talking pointing out his negatives and people was kind of getting on like getting on the scout. Like that shit is kind of yeah. true though. Like I do what agree, they were saying. Yeah. We started the narratives. It definitely started with the draft express and the uh because they were the talking game? about like all the concerns that they had and like they're starting to have on Monty Bates and how they was like kind of like turning a view that he's yeah. probably not the generational prospect. You know who definitely yeah. started I think Jonathan did for sure. Uh, that John Gavoni nigga. Yeah, I feel yeah, like yeah that Jonathan Gavoni, yeah. He definitely started that he shit. He did. I fuck with that nigga though. No, nah, I definitely do too. He got a he's a good basketball mind, but that nigga definitely yeah. started that shit. Because I remember prior to that, like I saw a tweet. It was like, how did um, Monty Bates go from a phenom to a, a failure in six months or whatever? And I agree, man. Oh, I remember that shit. That was in the AU, the AU circuit, right? Yep. I remember that shit, man. It was like, he was getting all the love. Everybody respected how much points he was putting up in AAU, even though we already saw the, like a little bit of the flaws. Like, as far as AAU basketball goes, I know the star players go, to, go there just to get buckets. But it was to a point where he was coming down the court not looking at any of his teammates and just shooting every time. Yeah, just pulling, yeah. Yeah. So I like he's that mentality. Red flags. Yeah. That's 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 another thing. Like you you see that in the Memphis games. Like he's definitely still has that, that mentality with them. Like that AAU kind of thing. Like he's just gonna go get it and go do what he has to do. Like early, just pulling like just like bad shots. Yeah. He has to learn how to like get his buckets throughout like in the flow of the offense rather than trying yeah. to always get his own shot. Facts. Cause it's not like what's it called? He has that elite quickness and all that shit. Cause now you playing actually like the level the level difference is way higher than what it is in the AAU. There's no defense. And now you playing people that's game playing against you and just way better athletes. Yeah. And that's another reason why he's like, although his skill is very high for his age. It's not matching the stature of guys like athletically and all that other stuff. So it doesn't matter how much skills he has. He can't really use them or get a hold of his skills when you're playing a guy who's six, seven, wingspan is seven foot. He can cover the court easily. All that type of shit is it's hard to be able to. And the physicality. Yeah, yeah, that yeah, too. And I'll just always say this again. Like, Niggas gotta calm down with them comparisons, like the OD comparisons and the hype and shit, especially at a young age, like uh yeah, freshman so it's like I know they they great in high school, but like I was just telling Jay, like I never really like really got like too crazy into that Monty Bates hype. I just wanted to see what he does in like uh college. Like that's mm-hmm. how I'm usually like in for like most of the prospects. I'm not calling this nigga the next goal in high school and shit. Cause we seen like everything that he did in high school, we seen that shit before. 
Like, yeah, and when it's all these state it. championships averaging like 35, like Cam Thomas averaged more than that nigga in fucking uh, high school. Oh, yeah, and what is he too. doing? Like, yeah, I'm not saying Cam Thomas asked anything, but like all the stuff that we see from Amadi Bates is not like nothing that I haven't seen before. We've seen this from pretty much every player yeah. in the NBA. They go through that. that Most phase. of the top players went fucking yeah. four state championships and where they at. Exactly. But it's just. Some of the shit, like the intangibles that they bring to the table, what is actually going to translate the competition and all that. And I'm he gets exposed right now, but I hope he gets it together because yeah, I think it's still. Yeah, I think that like his work ethic is crazy, and I think that he's honestly with like minus all the hype and how much yeah. people hate him and everything. I'm not saying like I'm gonna say this now. I'm not saying that he can't be a good player, but like. I think he will end up becoming a, a solid player. I don't think he's going to be yeah. what everybody expected him to be and projected him to be, but I still think he's going to be a, like a, a nice solid piece for a team in the future. So I think it's good that all his weaknesses are getting exposed now because his work that his work ethic is different. And next season he's going to go into the lab. Yeah. He got to work on and come back and be nice. Yeah, and he has that early college experience, so that's another thing in his favor too. Just playing like consistently. Facts, and he's still so young. Yeah. All right. So we can move on from that. That's basically all the college stuff that we had. And we can move into the mock draft now. All right. How are we going to do this mock draft? We're on Tankathon right now. They have the list of the worst teams in the standards and all that. We got probably about like 40 minutes left. So y'all want to just go through one the lottery, one through 14? Yeah. And we could alternate with that? Yeah, we can do that. All right. So how we're going to do is like we're going to alternate picks. Instead of just giving our each number one and all that shit, we about to just have like a, a live draft right now. So who wants to start off? Who wants to be number one pick? Shit, I'll take the number one pick. All right. And they got the easiest job in the world. Yes, sir. <laughs> and with number one pick in the NBA draft. I'll, I'll take number two. Wait, wait, go my teams? Yeah. I'll take three. All right. Oh, yeah. so the thing is, okay, this this set up. Okay, I got you. Yeah, so Jay, you have fourth pick and all that, and then just keep going to a 14. So the number one pick goes to the Detroit Pistons. They are on the, currently on a 12-game losing streak right now. <laughs> Jay, Thank you are on the board. All right. Please say these niggas. So in my opinion, for the, if it is the Pistons who will hold the next pick, uh, who will hold the first pick next season, it's a no-brainer. You got to go with Paolo. I'm sorry. Paolo number one pick, he going to the Detroit Pistons. Um, so far, I mean, last game, he didn't really show too much. I watched the highlights of it. I didn't watch the full game, but it wasn't like they weren't in a position where he needed where they needed him to drop 30 or like something like that. So yeah. it doesn't really count that much. But overall, he's been having a great season when they needed him to show up, he has. And he's been nothing short of first pick to me. So I'm gonna go with Paolo. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah I don't no. want to say something about that pick. Like, just basically everything that Paulo's shown so far. Like, he looks like he could play in the NBA right now, and I feel like that's probably like him and Kate. Yeah, yeah, him and Kate. That's a, that's a beautiful, and they're mostly going to end up trading Jeremy Grant by the deadline. So that's just like a good building block for those two, two really skilled players and like high character players to build a franchise around. And I just like everything that Paula brings to the table. The skill level that he has at his size and just yeah, confidence. Yeah. And I'm going to say this right now. I think Paula Benchardt might be the most versatile offensive player that we've seen at Duke ever. Oh, shit. 6'10, 250 with a damn near handle, creating the own shot, hitting like, jumpers. Out of all the great players that we've seen, the one and dones that we've seen at Duke, 
recently, like the Jason Tatum's, the Zion's, the RJ Barrett's, Brandon Ingram, Jabari Parker, Kyrie yeah. Irving, Marvin Bagley, Jalil Kafour, like Paulo, that nigga is just like something yeah. I haven't seen before. Like someone yeah, that's yeah. 6'10, 250 that's able to yeah. take the ball off, off the rim and just like get downhill. What's it called? Get his own shot, create for himself, create in the mid post, knock down the three. You could throw the ball to him in the in the post. He could play the five position. Like he just has like the complete package yeah. can make yeah, the right play. The then on top of that, all of that, I feel like he even still has more room to grow offensively, which is the scariest yeah. part because uh, I remember you said it a couple weeks ago. You were saying how he kind of reminds you of Paul George, how he moves and shit. No, not me. Nah, I, I, one of y'all niggas said that shit. Somebody said that, that he kind of moved like Paul George, and I didn't see it at first. I don't see the Paul George. But yeah, I'll see, I'll see but the way he like, I'm not gonna lie. For somebody that big who can handle the ball the way he handles it, like he could, he can honestly operate in the pick and roll as a ball handler if he wanted to, and that is scary, bro. And on top of that, like his handles aren't even at top tier shape where they're supposed to be at. So if he works on that, including like just like you said, he can handle, or he could do pretty much everything post wise. He could shoot the three, everything. So. I, to me, I see the comparisons for Paulo that I said was a little bit of Jason Tatum mixed with like a modern day, like Pistons, uh, Blake Griffin a little bit, like the face up ability. Ooh. And then also, like I see like kind of Tobias Harris in this game. That's what I think his floor is mm-hmm. Tobias Harris. Tobias Harris. That's kind of a good floor. If you, that's a really good yeah, floor. that's a good floor. And then, damn, was there someone I was about to say? Oh, he got like a, he played like a cuter Julius Randle game. <laughs> like, you know when you watch Julius no, Randle play, that like, yeah, he, he nah, that's, that's a good when you one. Like when you see Julius Randle take like them when he face up, take them step back jump shots, you like, ew, that shit ugly. ugly. Yeah. And that yeah, shit go in sometimes. Lefty. Yeah, especially because he's lefty. Too. But like Paulo, he got like the cleaner version of Julius like, Randle. Like smooth, like, like that shit look way like, cuter. Yeah. Like when I see, yeah. Like what I was seeing George Randall do last year, I'm like, yo, that shit is so fucking ugly. Like he really making cash, switch, nigga, draining those shits. I'm like, yo, I really remember when he was on the Lakers, he used to do some nut shit. But like, that's why I kind of see uh, Paula Ventura. I'm look, I'm looking at um a different comparison on draft room. They said a faster David West and Carlos Boozer plus. Ooh, Carlos Boozer is a nice one too. I just don't know if he that gritty on D. You might have to pause yeah. it. I feel like he just way more than that one. Shit, we'll go. All right. So I, I hold the second pick in the draft, and this is a very tough one. Mm, Orlando. Damn, yeah, where do you damn? Second pick in the draft. I'm going Jabari Smith Ooh. out of Auburn. Oh. So okay, so so what is like your vision for like the big man? All right, so so Mo Bamba would just be the backup, like he's not gonna like he would just be the backup. Or well, Jabari Smith, yeah, he's a yeah. So like, nah, I'm saying like his backup to Wendell Carter. Oh my phone, you got it, you got it. All right, so just basically looking at the Orlando roster this season, they've been starting like uh, Mo Bamba and Wendell Carter together, but Mo Bamba hasn't got the extension yet, but Wendell Carter did. And at the forward spots, they got Franz Wagner, Chumo Kiki, and Jonathan Isaac, but. Just seeing, like, with Jonathan Isaac's health issues and all that, I think Jabari Smith could really, like, 
he could come in and be like a he could be like a scorer for this team and just if if Jonathan Isaac doesn't like really like work out like if anything we could play them all together like you see how like uh the Cavaliers play like so much length and activity and all that so I think Jabari Smith will be able to play with Jonathan Isaac and the Franz Wagner's and the Wendell Carter's of the world and just like plugging him in with that with that four group and the versatility that he has offensively like I'm high on uh, Jabari Smith. Like I, yeah. I put out my big board. Gonna look at that on three uh, MB. Yeah, oh, that's tough. That's tough. You know, gonna look at my big board. I had Jabari Smith third, but I was really, I was really pushing that, putting him number two. And I just think like his ability, offensive skill set, and everything. Like my comparisons from him is like a Jaron Jackson, fucking Rashard oh, yeah. Lewis type, type yeah. player. So just plugging that in with like the Wendell, him playing alongside Wendell Carter and all them other guys. And I even compare like how he could work with the guards and shit too, like the pick and pops that you could have with J- him and Jalen Suggs and Cole yeah. Anthony, even possibly like Markel Fultz. So I just like uh, J- Jabari Smith was this team. He has the upside to be the best player in the draft too. Yeah, I believe so. So number three is on you, New Orleans Pelicans. Uh, was third pick? Yes, sir. Let me write these down. Six. All right. You got it. Uh, third pick, I'm going Jane Hart. Ooh. Damn. I, if not. I can't explain that. So, I feel like oh, Pelicans. I, oh, pause, 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 pause. I'm taking a show home. <laughs> this nigga. You'll be the worst GM of all time, nigga. <laughs> Imagine nigga already yeah. like, putting the cap nah, on like, hey, yo, I'll take that back. Nigga, like, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> right nigga like, shake his hand, you smack that nigga hand away. Because like, I'm looking at like the box, so like, I'm thinking this nigga already got t- taken second. That's what I was thought. Uh, Wait, I'm, t- I'm thinking, uh, see, I'm definitely taking a show home, baby. Yeah, that's that's no break. <laughs> now it's an old brain. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, I think show home, baby, will usually slide into that. Uh, into that Pelicans team, and he'll be something they could definitely use in terms of like just pairing with Zion. I think that could, that could work moving forward. That nigga ever fucking plays. Thanks. <laughs> 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 what is going on? Nah, because I, I know it'd be on a mock draft right now, but he was resuming for basketball activities like two weeks ago. He got a I, setback and his. Oh my yeah. god. They saying this nigga was skipping film and uh sleeping or some shit. Yeah, he was sleeping <laughs> during film. Uh he was sleeping during uh one of the games his rookie year. For real? Yeah. Oh, it was against yeah, I forgot what team. It was like a four-point game. Nigga was sleeping. How the fuck you do that in an arena <laughs> filler niggas going wild? If it's a four-point game, you know niggas is going wild and on their feet. That that's that fat nigga shit, bro. Fat niggas can sleep that anywhere, bro. Yeah, no, <laughs> nigga rest is out there. I'm not sleeping. <laughs> Hey, yeah. Is that concerning though? Like that's very yeah, concerning. It is not. That is very concerning. Like, yeah, even something else. It was some other shit. Like uh they said uh he was they said that he missed some of his rehabs. <laughs> yeah, rehab, uh yeah. I think it was also one thing that what's it called? He was supposed to go to like one of the finals games with uh Brandon Ingram and he ended up not going and he just kind of been like distant from the team. That shit. Interesting. Hmm. This is one of the weirdest cases we've ever seen. Oh no, it just sounds like that yeah. nigga don't want to be there. <laughs> yeah. you don't, like, like I said, if you don't, just say that, nigga. Right. <laughs> All right. All right. So I'm on a clock with number four. And um, 
For OKC, this is a little tough one. But if I had to choose anybody, I'm going with Pat Bowen. And um, the way that he's being used right now is more of like a a high usage guy. But I feel like in the league, going to be more off the ball, more like uh, just used on offense way differently than he's used now because they literally play through him. So in OKC, I just feel like he'll be able to blend a little bit better with Shea controlling the offense. And you got Giddy. Like, it's, it'll be a better fit for him. And I really don't see anybody else who I would be able to put in that position. And maybe even like have them flourish. That's not a bad pick for them. Yeah, I like that pick. All right, number five for the Houston Rockets. I think I'll have to go with Jalen Duran on this. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. there, there's talks that Christian Wood is open again, traded. I know they drafted Sangoon, but they still need help at like the big man, big man spot. And Jalen Duran is someone that could protect the rim, get get you boards and all that. So I just feel like he probably fits the best out of his team. And he has like a, a good upside at just being a good modern day uh, big man, just like the rim running and protecting the rim and all that shit and just defensive versatility. I fuck with that pick. Yeah. Number two is I uh, number six is on your San Antonio Kimball. That's kind of tough. Damn, yeah. Whatever you pick is gonna affect how the fuck I pick this shit. Go ahead. Uh damn. I think uh ooh. Like, I know, like, the name is Blair Glare, and I was like, what, Jaden Ivey? But, like, I, like, I'm saying, like, the fits for this team, like, I don't know how. Okay, I'm going to go. I'm going to Keegan Murray. Hmm. Explain, my nigga. Yeah, explain, my nigga. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'll go. Uh, I would have, like, went Jaden Ivey, but, like, damn. Spurs got hella guards, don't they? Like, I don't know where he would, like, where he would go in that. It seems like the young guards, too. And they just drafted a – what's his name? Josh Primo. Last season. Yeah, they just drafted Josh Primo. So, like, so the future of the, his, like, potential or whatever. So, I don't know how he would go in there. But I'm going to take uh, Keegan Murray because I feel like – aside from that, I feel like he, he's the best available to me. Aside from, like, not even uh, Jaden Ivey. But I'm taking him there. And I think they could use, like, another – no, another power forward in there. Could have come up in Asia in that spot. And I don't know who else I would take. Maybe like Kendall Brown or something, but I don't know that high. You think Keegan Murray better than Kendall Brown? Or got a higher upside? No. Uh, oh, no, no, no. But I, I mean, not a higher I, upside either. I think Kendall Brown definitely has a higher upside. And he's, he's way younger than him. So. I don't like I mean, that I don't, I, I like Keegan Murray to me, like he having a good season right now, but he's still like NBA wise, he just screams like, like a, a role player. Like I don't see him like even having like star. I may I might be wrong. I could be wrong, but I don't see him having like potential to be like a, a star caliber player. But I just think I think for this situation, Kendall Brown would probably be better for this situation. Mm-hmm. Even I'll take. Jaden and I, either both of the Jadens, Jaden Hardy or Jaden Ivy, because there's no one on the San Antonio guards is not is preventing me from getting another. If I could get Jaden Ivy on the team or even Jaden Hardy, I'm doing it. 
because they don't have that top. Jaden Hardy has the potential to be like a top level scorer on the team. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, There's nobody yeah, on yeah. San Antonio that has that. Lonnie Walker, he's a cool guard. Josh Primo, we don't know. We haven't seen much from him yet. Derek White, he's probably expendable. DeJounte Murray's probably going to be their point guard for the future. So I think I'll go with like, I'll definitely go with either the Jadens over him. And Kendall Brown also be a decent option for them, mm-hmm. even though they still have Kendall. Keldon Johnson, but the Keegan Murray to me at six. I don't know. But we could keep it. All right. So Portland got the next pick. That's me for number seven. Um, I'm battling between which Jaden I want to pick. Um, definitely gonna pick a Jaden though, and I know the the um, the Portland uh, the Trailblazers they're hell bent on keeping Damian Lillard for as long as they can, and he wants to stay there for as long as he can. But if I'm the GM, that's the first thing I'm doing is looking into like how can I get some scoring, how can, how can I get some help, and I feel like actually yeah I'm going with Jaden Hardy because Jaden Hardy I feel like he can go there and actually make an impact scoring wise. I'm not saying he gonna go there and average thirty or anything, but he gonna I feel like instantly he gonna be an uh, offensive threat just because. His game is like advanced and it's, it's supposed to be for NBA. And although he's playing in the G League and he's uh, struggling with the shots or making shots, I don't think it's a shot selection that's a problem. He he really has the NBA game as far as like what shots to take, what shots like he shouldn't be taking. He has the mid range, all that stuff. It's just a matter of if they're going to fall. And I feel like if he's in a good situation, all that other stuff, we can worry about the shot falling later. So I'm going to have to pick Jay Hardy. And, she, and with like CJ McCollum, what happened to him? Like, yeah, I'm about to say. His career going. Like, uh, I feel like I'll still be a good pick. I like the Jaden Hardy pickup because it's just like upside. Like, just say if Dame ended up asking for a trade, someone that you could build around and yeah. you could make CJ expendable. And also, like, if anything, if you're still going all in with Dame, teams will probably want like a player like Jaden Hardy. So you got like options picking up at that spot. So I like that. All right, number eight, San Antonio. I in the Sacramento Kings. Uh man. I'm thinking two guys right now. I'm thinking Kendall Brown. Because mm-hmm. I feel like they need a wing. I'm not drafting him a guard. I fuck with Jaden Ivy. And it's kind of crazy. I don't even know if he probably the way Jaden Ivy playing this season, he probably not gonna fall like this far, but just yeah, all circumstances that. right now. Yeah, I'm just trying to be more like logical with it, but it's hard. Uh, damn, I like AJ Griffin's upside, but we still got to see more from him. Mm-hmm. So I think I'm gonna go with. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> Kendall, Kendall Brown or AJ Griffin. Fuck it. I might be wrong, but I'm going with AJ Griffin. Mm. He's at OD. Then you go off like the last Yeah, yeah, 19. Uh, AJ Griffin, he's coming off in, He's coming off like an injury or well, to start the season. So it's kind of been like a little bit inconsistent overall. But he has uh, a couple of games, or well, really two games, where he shot the ball like, really good. And I still he's like his upside. He has, <laughs> a, he has like the physical, like the eye test. Just looking at him, like, pause. Just, like, the eye test, like, physically, he matches up. He's, like, 6'6", 225, like, got good size, potential to be a good defender. Yeah. Even though he looks, like, a step slower defensively so far this season, but I think that's kind of basically coming off injury and all that. So, 
That's why I had him uh, previously. Well, my mock draft, I had my big boy that I had. I had him ninth, even though that's probably too high based on like the actual play that he has. But I think I'm still I'm still high on the potential, like what he can be. So I think yeah. him going to Sacramento could. Damn, I feel like that's a terrible spot for anybody to go. I wouldn't wish <laughs> on this nigga to be honest. But him going to Sacramento could open up opportunity for him to like to learn, and he could be that wing on that team. But in, in nine games, then uh, he's averaging eleven point seven minutes. He shoot, he's averaging six points, two boards, one assist, uh, and a block, and he's shooting. Damn, nigga shooting fifty four, forty seven, and hundred. What probably yeah. is like it's like he's just small, but he looks like Jimmy <laughs> Butler, but he doesn't even play like Jimmy Butler. I don't even know who he plays like. Yeah, I don't know who I could put my like. I had like I had to watch like more of this nigga. Hopefully, like uh, all this previous game is like a good. Uh, Good boost for his confidence and everything. Right. So, like, come going into the conference play, we could see him play more because I think he's he's gonna be <laughs> he's gonna be one of the keys if Duke wanna, wants to win a championship. Unlocking AJ Griffin. Right, Number nine, Indiana Spurs. I said Indiana Spurs. <laughs> Indiana Pacers. Uh, I'm taking Kendall Brown. Did you weigh your options? Uh, it was. <laughs> Wait, what? Did you weigh your options? Yeah, I want to know. I'm trying to nigga. I'll take it, Jaden Ivy. <laughs> this don't ever have this nigga as your fucking GM, bro. <laughs> nah, nigga, I mean, you know, I'll be the best GM you ever had. That nigga, yeah, that nigga, uh, a trade is on the table, and now you're not about to get fucking LeBron James because <laughs> of this nigga. Imagine, nigga, say, I'm gonna call you back and never call this nigga back. <laughs> Imagine not calling LeBron James back. Yeah, this, this nigga said, I want to sign a a, a, a max contract with y'all. All right. Let me call you back real quick. My phone about to die. My phone about to die. Let me call you back. You cannot afford for your phone to be dying. LeBron James on the other side. That's what he's fucked, man. Would I, Jade and Ivy? If not, I would have taken Kendall Brown right here. And uh, I think Jade and Ivy would definitely be a nice spark to the. Hopefully, uh, it was uh, successful rebuilding in Indiana because they definitely could use it. And he stays in uh, Indiana. Yeah. He went to high school at Lalamere, went to Purdue. Well, oh, yeah. to go to the Pacers. I like that for him in Indiana. They still have Malcolm Brogdon there, but I feel like Jaden uh, Ivy right now is still like a – I think he's better as like an off-ball guard. I don't know. Maybe he could develop more, like being an actual point guard. I still see him as like an off guard guy. Mm-hmm. Hmm. All right. So the next pick, number ten, New York Knicks. Ooh, this is where it gets a little tricky because nah, although- that's, the draft is like, I feel like after like the top five, really, like it just opens up. Mm-hmm. You got have a conversation about like who's it where and all this shit. So I'm about to, I'm interested to see what, who you about to select. Um, I'm gonna have to go with Caleb Houston. Um, Ooh, that's a good pick. Yeah. So I'm gonna go with Caleb Houston because y'all need some some like some wings who can shoot the fucking ball. And I feel like he can fill that role. He don't got to do too much on offense. Uh, he'll mesh well with the team. I didn't want to draft a guard, and for some reason, although the guards are like pretty mediocre this class, there's a lot of them. So like. It's hard to really choose from. And I don't want to give you another guard because y'all got a lot of guards. I don't even know what the fuck to do with Ke- uh, Kemba right now. So, um, yeah, I think Ke- Caleb Houston would be a good fit. I like that. 
Yeah, I like that. All right. Uh, number 11 for the Minnesota Timberwolves. All right. Yeah, this is my thought tricky. process. This is, yeah, this is kind of tricky. Kendall Brown's still on the board, right? I think, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. So they could use wing help, but I feel like they could also use like help at the guard. I know they had D'Angelo Russell, but who knows if he's their long term point guard. And Patrick Beverly is their backup. They're small forward. They could use help there. And I just can't pass up on the ability without seeing the Kendall Brown. I respect that. I feel like he's going to help. I think that's a good core of wings that Minnesota is going to have, especially defensively with Anthony Edwards, the athleticism of Anthony Edwards, Kendall Brown. You still got Joshua Kogu, who's a good uh, defensive wing. You got Jaden McDaniels, another uh, good defensive wing. And you also got uh, Jared Vanderbilt. So I feel like that's just a good core of wings right there alongside the pair of like Carl Anthony Towns and just help DeAndre Russell. And DeAndre Russell has been kind of giving more effort defensively. So I think I like that, that fit over there. Yeah, Kendall Brown, shout out to that nigga because he is tough. I was not expecting him to be as good, like as polished in other oh, yeah. aspects of the game. Well, number 12. I might, have to, oh, I might have to take his uh his teammate in high school. Kenny Chandler. Hmm. That's kind of solid. I fuck with that. Cause like he don't really fit the uh the mold that they have there. Yeah, but, yeah over there, but like I mean because like, I don't I, I guess I still don't know how I feel about like G Montero and shit like that. Like I think I need to see him more to like really like be like sold on him completely. But after that auto point guards, I'm I'm really uh I really am sold on Kennedy Chandler. And I think this would be a good spot because they they could uh use a point guard. And with uh I don't know what's going on with Gordon Drogic. Did he like just leave the team or something like that? Uh yeah, he wants to get traded. Uh, <laughs> he went back to his country, but I think it's really waiting to get traded. It was like some personal reasons, but they said he uh wants to get traded and play in Dallas. Yeah, so I think uh, they could just—I think they could just go off with a future point guard right here in the spot. We're okay. Number thirteen, the Atlanta Hawks. This is where it really gets tricky because uh, I'm looking at the Hawks right now. Their roster. I mean, yeah, they got like everything. Like, not, I don't want to say they have everything, but I'm just confused as to what they really might need. And. Uh, Actually, no, I'm not confused. I think I know what they might need, but I don't know if it's for sure. And they already have somebody in that spot. Like, they have um, – what's the white boy name? Why am I forgetting? Kevin Herter. Yeah, Kevin Herter. They got him there. So, I don't know if this is uh, – oh, I, I know a say, perfect player for this pick. Ah, damn. I'm going to have to say – damn, this is tough. This is tough. Hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. Let me go back. Damn, I have no. I'm gonna have to say, I'm gonna go with Benedict Mathurin. Perfect. Yeah, I would have. Yeah, I was about to. I would have went into. Perfect. I like that one. That's what I'm gonna do. Uh, I say that because, like, although Kevin Herter is there, that's the uh, main reason why I didn't want to do that. But then again, if you think about that, they got uh, talent at every position. Yeah, so you just got to go with this player. But 
Bogdan is getting of age. He's getting up there. He's going to be like, he's not going to be playing that as much minutes as he's playing now within the next couple seasons. So then I feel like if Kevin Herter is getting bumped up the depth chart, might as well put Benedict there. He has pretty much like the same skill set, yeah. just a little bit better than Kevin Herter. Or a little like coming out of college, his skill set is a little yeah. bit more polished than Kevin Herter. So, and he's bringing a defense too. Exactly. Yep. I agree. And a solid rebound. Yeah, any good athlete. Like Benedict Matherin. That was uh all right, 14th. I got the Boston Celtics liking JD Davidson. Mm. Mm. I can't even imagine that nigga in the Boston jersey. What the fuck? Yeah, that ass. <laughs> I can't either. But I feel uh, like he's just too black. <laughs> all that hair and shit, like all that country accent. I can't imagine him in the Boston jersey. That'd be fire though. I think uh this might be one of the point cards that if it's not like a Kennedy Chandler, I think JD Davis is the point guard that Boston could like really need. Like I feel like out of all the point guards that we have in this draft, if all these players have reached their ceiling, JD Davis has the highest ceiling out of all. Yeah, of them. definitely. And he's shown like playmaking ability. Like last night, I think he had like seven assists at halftime. Yeah, he had a couple of good yeah. passing games and shit. And someone that could really get downhill and shit. Something that uh, the Celtics really need. I know they had Dennis Schroeder, but I just feel like J.D. Davis's upside is higher where Dennis Schroeder is. And, and, and the scary part is jumpers dropping, too. Yeah. He looking real, real versatile. Yeah. Yeah. And he's a high level rebounder. So I just think him, pairing him up with, you may not have to trade uh, Jason Tatum. All right. You don't have to choose between Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. You could just add to that with J- J.D. Davidson on the roster and shit. So uh, I feel like that would be tough. Quick question. What's uh, good? Going into the Boston, uh, their roster and everything. As, if they were to add J.D. Davidson, though, do you think it would kind of put them in the same places like uh, Indiana, for example, to where they're never actually terrible, no. but they're never actually no. good? <laughs> no. You don't you think so? Look at the Pacers roster. Look at the Celtics roster. Mm-hmm. Jason Taylor has the potential to be a superstar. If you look at a Pacers roster, you don't see there's not one yeah, player that you see as like a franchise player or even like a player that could be a second best player on the team. Mm-hmm. As much as Sabonis, as great as he is and as great as number he is, he's probably like a third guy if we're really keeping a rack about how great yeah, he is. Third guy on the championship team for sure. Yeah. But you could easily see Jason Tatum being that guy on the championship team and mm-hmm. Jalen Brown being like a co star type player. I agree with that. I agree with that. I feel like the biggest thing that's just missing with them is like an actual point guard. And JD Davidson's probably not like the most utmost like traditional point guard, but he's probably gonna give you like a lot of playmaking that the Celtics like desperately need. At this point, yeah. you don't want a traditional point guard. You want a guard who could actually do what a point guard does and do the things that JD does, which is like get the team involved, rebound, play D, all that extra stuff. I mean, like a regular point guard, traditional point guard is gonna do. Like get the offense involved and like just pretty much be where like make sure like direct traffic on all that shit. But as far as creating and creating for uh, others, I feel like JD Davidson does that really well, and he probably would be able to blend in with Boston very well. Yeah. All right. So that's a lottery. We probably could have went farther, unless y'all want to keep going a little. Sure, this, you, this type fun. Yeah. <laughs> we only got like 10 more minutes though, so we could go top 20, I guess. So, all, right, all right, so 15th, that's on you, Kimball, the Hornets. Uh, so I like this figure, so I'm gonna take uh, I'm gonna take Mark Williams. Hmm. I like that. 
That is a really good one. Damn, Mark Williams over there. That'd be fine. And he's talking about Yeah. Hell yeah. Especially at the Suns. Yeah. Like, yeah, I remember y'all talking like last uh, week about like, Nick Richards and shit. <laughs> but, <laughs> but yeah, I think Mark Williams will be a, like a solid pick right here. Like you said, a rim protector. He's a, a big guy, man. He's still young. He's a sophomore. He's going to come in at 20. And he's having, I think he's, I think he's kind of like underrated, like low key. Like, you think I think so? he's like kind of under more. Like, I, I feel like, yeah, I feel like he's, I feel like he's like a really good player. Like, <laughs> I think he can project well in the next level. Like, not like no crazy shit, but I feel like he's like a good impact on the team. <laughs> so I think that would be a solid pick right here. If, uh, and even if shit, you can even go with uh, Yannick Zola if you want. But I think Mark Williams would be the nice pick here. I wouldn't. <laughs> I think I want to go Yannick Sosa and Mark Williams. I just feel like he's like even more like a project. So it's not like oh, you're about to be seeing the results of that nigga even year yeah, right away. Not saying that Mark yeah. Williams is about to be like some out of like, I feel like he's just more ready than Yannick Sosa right now. And yeah. you basically already have like another project, project big man on the team with Kai Jones still being there. So you don't want to just draft like another guy that you just got to wait for to actually see him, what he's going to yeah. do. All right, so the next pick uh, goes to the Mavs, and this one I'm gonna get a little, a little risky. I'm gonna go with Bryce McGowan's, and the reason why I say that is, uh, if I'm Dallas, I don't want to go into the mode of where like, kind of like how the Thunder were with Russell Westbrook, where the only way they're effective is if he has the ball in his hands 24 seven. Uh, if you put a guy like Bryce McGowan's out there, he could do a lot. He could also take the scoring burden off of uh, Luca as well and also create as well as he's a great shooter. So I feel like that's that's a good pick for that at, at that position. There's nobody else. besides maybe like Trevor Keel. So he got Trevor Keel percentages. Up. Yeah, I'm going to have to go with Bryce because uh, I'm, I'm definitely not going to put Trevor Keels over him. Uh, all right, number seventeen on this list. All right, the Denver Nuggets. Should I just fuck everything up and drive Nikola Jovic, and now we got Jovic and Jokic on the same team? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that'll be good. Yeah, two by point, big man ass niggas. Damn, I feel like I'm intrigued to do that. Fuck it, I'm doing this. That'll be kind of tough. That'll be kind of tough. We about to fuck the league up because I feel like (laughs) I was gonna draft uh probably like Trevor Kills or Max Christie. Damn, I probably should. I'm just doing it just for the hell of it. Uh, I'm gonna go Jovic because they also still need another wing now that we don't know what the hell Michael Porter is gonna like everything with his back and concerns and all that. Mm -hmm. So just adding more playmaking is something I could take off pressure off. uh, off Jokic and he has potential to like be like a decent scorer in the league and shooting about 35%. Looking at the stats right now, he got game. He got game. Yeah, he got game. Yeah, he got game. He got a little something to him. So we could go Nikola Jovic. Washington. They both from the same spot. Right? Oh, yeah, they're both from the same spot. Yeah. Because isn't uh, Bogdanovich and uh, Bojan and Bogdan from like different spots? Yeah, I believe so. Yes. Yeah, I just had to check that. All right, so yeah, we rocking with that. So for Washington, hmm, 
I think I'm gonna go Max Christie right here. That's a good one. Cause I think him, I think this Brent coming in, like I, I, his potential is really intriguing too. Uh, Max Christie, but he's kind of like a Jeremy Lamb type of guy. Like in terms, of, like I think they have like the same kind of build and all that, and like this like kind of play type as well. Like he's just come in and be like a, I think he's a better shooter than what the percentages are showing too. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, so I think his, but I think his potential, like just building with his frame and his shooting ability, and like just somewhat kind of like he has some shot creation a little in there, but that could improve. But uh, I think just him falling here would be a good spot to go. But yeah, definitely got to improve that those percentages. How bad is it? <laughs> He's shooting a thirty-three, twenty-six, and eighty-three. Oh, oh damn. <laughs> <laughs> Hey yo! It's a good gracious God, <laughs> yeah, buddy. Yeah. Okay. Um, the Sixers. Ooh, number nineteen. This is where it gets a little tough for me, as well. Um, damn, I kind of wish I would have saved my pick, my last pick. Bryce McGowan probably would go better on the Sixers, but um, damn. Hold on, next Hmm. Hmm. Damn, that's tough. Uh. Uh, I got two options. I'm good. Damn. All right, give me. Oh, I know. Give me my uh, Michael Foster for the G League. Uh, I'm gonna put him on there so he can help defensively. And also, just because, like, who is their power forward right now? Tobias Harris. Damn. Yeah, that's tough. I'm, I'm going to stick with Michael Foster. Damn. You should have won one of the guards. I was I, I was thinking about it, but I was like, damn, who the fuck am I going to pick this deal? Maybe, like, Ty Ty or something? Ty Ty or G Montez. Uh, yeah, G Montez was there. Uh, At the 19th spot, that would be perfect for one of those two. And Sixers need to focus on guard play, some pick and roll action other than Tyrese Maxey, too. But my 20th pick, I'm going to go Ty Ty Washington for the Memphis Grizzlies. I think I like him in a role coming off the bench and just like being like a combo guard uh, that could come in and score for the Memphis Grizzlies team. Because his backup point guard, you already got Ty Jones. You know, that nigga's the most steadiest backup point guard oh, yeah. you ever have. That ass. <laughs> Nigga was not gonna turn the ball over. I never knew if, <laughs> if that nigga what's it called Westbrook had the attributes of fucking Ty Jones of Allen. Give the goat, the greatest point guard of all time, nigga. <laughs> yeah, that nigga would be the goat, bro. That would be beautiful. But yeah, I just think Ty Ty Washington uh, on the on the Grizzlies would be a great spot for him to just come in and contribute. Just coming off the bench, more, more scoring. So. And I think that will conclude everything because niggas is about to hoop, bro. Yeah, <laughs> I got his headband, headband red on because the nigga they don't got a haircut, so you know, gotta throw the head. <laughs> Neither do I. I can't even hide my shit. <laughs> my shit just fucked. It was a, a do rag. I was like, damn, I got, I forgot I had this headband, nigga. I'm about to throw this on. But last week I was a little bit rusty and everything. But I'm about to get to a bucket today, nigga. You know what I mean? <laughs> I was feeling good last week. I had me a nice little layover. Uh... Damn, what's in it? Dritten? You saw you saw that late? That shit was tough. Oh, yeah. too. All right. So take it away. 
All right, man, if you made it this far, do a couple favors for me. First, follow us on Instagram, Regis posted today. I need y'all to interact with our posts. Secondly, if you listen on Apple Music or Apple Podcasts, I've been doing this shit for how long? I still say Apple Music. If you listen on Apple Podcasts, please give us a five-star. We need more five-star ratings to get our content across the platform. Number two or number three, Spotify. Uh, like it. Add it to your playlist. Turn the notifications on so you can get the notification when we drop. How you going to know we drop if you don't turn the notifications on, my nigga? Fuck. And then fourthly, whatever other platform you listen on, please like it. Please make sure you share. Shares do a lot for us as well. Um, and with that being said, it's a three-man breakdown and we out this motherfucker. You Word. said, Cooley, we got. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>